Welcome back, everybody, to the Throwing Bows podcast brought to you by the Coda Sports Gambling Network. I'm your host, Coda Capper VFC. Alongside me, as always, my co-host, Faye JT. JT, how are we feeling today, buddy? I'm feeling great after a great fight weekend we just had. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that card exceeded expectations. I think just about everybody's expectations. We're going to recap that. We're going to get into UFC Austin breakdown. going to give you our picks, our plays. And uh, yeah, we got a great card coming up this weekend. So uh, let's get right into things. But before we do, I need to tell you guys that the Throwing Bows podcast is sponsored by the Betcota Sportsbook. The Betcota Sportsbook is a South Dakota owned and operated sportsbook located in the Midnight Star Casino in Deadwood, South Dakota, serving customers in the state. As you enter the Midnight Star, you are swept into the past of the grand staircase, stunning woodwork, and the elegance of the chandelier. They offer the best lines in Deadwood, so stop by, mention the Coda Sports Gambling Network, receive a free Betcota t-shirt. Play responsibly, must be 21 years or older to wager. Gambling problems or concerns, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, JT. UFC 275. Um, I'm just going to ask you quick your thoughts on the Zhang Weili, Yohanna Jenjacek fight, the uh, Valentina Shevchenko, Tyler Santos fight, and the main event of Glover Teixeira, Yuri Prohaska. Just bundle them all into one. <laughs> what, were your, what were your thoughts on the uh, last three fights of the night? Um, I was very disappointed to uh, see how Joanna went. That was that was tough. I uh, see her retire like that. That was tough. I was riding big with her. Um, Zhang Weili is a phenomenal fighter. So like, it's not crazy surprising to see phenomenal spinning back fist. Um, but yeah, disappointed to see that. Um, Shevchenko versus Santos. <clears throat> I I have this thing with title fights where. I want to see you really, really take it. Like, so like most of the time, like I'm okay with like undercards where it's just like you got outpointed or they just wrestled you for two rounds and you only won one. I get that. When it comes down to the title, I want somebody to take it from them. So like, I didn't feel like Santos really took it, but I also don't feel like Shevchenko won the fight. It's, it's difficult with that. Um, I'm all right with it staying in uh, Shevchenko's hands for right now. I think if they fight again, I think Shevchenko beats the brakes off of her most likely because I think this woke her up. But uh, yeah, no, that's basically I felt. And then Yuri versus Glover, I don't even know what happened in that one. That was just two dudes who were professionally trained fighting stupid, and it was really fun to watch. Uh, they both could have finished each other like nine times. I, I don't know what happened in that entire thing, but it was great to watch. Props to Yuri. I'm glad I rode with him. Glover, he's got to be on some kind of sauce. You can't be 42 and working like that. That that would that's insane. But no, I'm I'm really impressed with that fight. That was insane. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was a great night. Um, I echo your sentiment on the Yoani and Jacek fight. Zhang Weili's a monster. I wish her all the best. I'll bet her up to like minus 600 against Carla Esparza. I think she's going to murder her. Um, but I felt bad for Yoana. Um, as far as the Valentina Tyler Santos fight went. I thought Tyler Santos won. I thought she won the first three rounds pretty clearly. Um, I had Valentina inside the distance. I stopped caring after about uh, the second round when she threw herself into another takedown. It was just frustrating. It felt like super low fight IQ. And I actually felt like Valentina, like after the fight seemed okay with her performance. And I think that just like made me even more mad that she was all like smiles and wasn't like pissed off about it. But 
I, I understand, um, you know, where she's coming from. She added another ruby to the belt, but I just felt like her fight IQ was so, so low, and it was really frustrating to watch. Um, and then the main event, again, one of the most entertaining fights, if not the most entertaining fight of the year. Um, definitely going to be probably fight of the year or at least a, a, a finalist there. Again, I felt like both guys just no fight IQ. I felt like Yuri going for Darce chokes in the second and third round when he had Glover dead to rights and then Glover pulling guillotine in the fifth round when he has Yuri dead to rights. Like I just, I just didn't know what those guys were doing, but overall a good fight. Um, the light heavyweight division though, super, super interesting. Um, what do you, what do you make this light heavyweight division? If you're the UFC right now, what is the title fight that you're making for Yuri Prohaska? Who is his challenger? I, I wish John Jones was still around. I do. Like that, it's my first thought. Every single time I think about it, like I'm like, he could run Jan. He could run Glover again. He can look at, you know, Smith versus Dr. Live. Like the big thing for me would be like, if, if John came back, that'd be amazing. I don't think that's really a possibility anymore. He's fat and he's fat. Uh, but um, no, I think, I think you got to run back. I, I'm still banging on this right now. I, I got to go with uh, Jan. I have to go with Jan. I want to say run back Glover. I wish Glover would stop fighting. I want him to stop fighting so bad. Please stop, dude. You got your title. You should have retired right then. But, like, I got to go with Jan just because he's still somewhat in his prime. Uh, I, I, I just love Jan. I think, I think he can really handle him. I think there's a lot of power. Uh, I think it'll make it a good fight. I think Yuri still wins, but um, mainly because Yuri's freaky good at grappling. We didn't know this. He got better at grappling throughout his exchange with Glover. His escape off of his back is something that was never taught before in jujitsu class, and he just did it. Like the, the things he was doing on the ground, he was learning throughout the fight. I don't think Jan could dominate him like that, so it'll just be striking. But I think Jan's most deserving right now. I don't want to see Anthony Smith ever again in a title fight because that dude's the most lukewarm fighter I've ever seen in my life. I don't want to see that. And I'm Kaliev, we can wait. So yeah, I got to go with you. Yeah. It's, I think that's kind of what, what a lot of people are feeling right now. I, I actually do like the winner of Anthony Smith, Magomed on Kaliev, especially if they do it in exciting fashion. I, I think that would be, be a lot of fun because then you also get to set up from, from a business perspective, then you also get to set up, Glover and Jan too and I think that's a much better situation because then if Glover wins you know he gets to he gets to fight again for the title which is you know just cool and also if if he decides to keep going but if I'm the UFC my biggest fear is giving Glover the rematch and then him winning and then him leaving basically like just retiring after winning because then all of a sudden like Dana doesn't like that he doesn't like when guys vacate the belt and everything so I don't know. I think he'll be a little hesitant to give Glover the rematch for that reason. I think it would be the most fun fight. Um, but I think from a business perspective, if I'm the UFC, I'm, uh, I'm giving him, I'm, I'm giving it to the, uh, the winner of Anthony Smith and Magomed on as long as it's not an absolute snoozer decision. Um, but yeah, so I'm super interested to see what the UFC does there. I think they have a, they have a boatload of options. So that's UFC 275. Great card exceeded a lot of, expectations but now i want to talk about this weekend's event 
UFC Austin, Kelvin Cater versus Josh Emmett going down June 18th in Austin, Texas. I'm absolutely juiced for this card. I don't really, you know, want to wait around too much. So I'm going to just get right into it. Phil Hawes uh, going in versus Deron Wynn. This is Tapology fight orders. I feel like Chris Doc or Cal Dawkins is fighting first, but uh, but I'm just going on Tapology fight orders. But yeah, Phil Hawes minus 250 favorite versus Deron Wynn. It was a plus 200 dog over two and a half minus 125 under two and a half minus 105. Phil Hawes is 11 and three overall three and one in the UFC. He does have losses to Chris Curtis in New York city. I was there, uh, Julian Marquez, and, but he has a knockout win over Jacob Malkoon. Um, and he has decision wins over Imavov and Dacus. So like some, some great wins on the record. Meanwhile, Duran win mini DC as they call him seven and two overall. He's an AKA guy. Uh, he actually got popped. So uh, for some, roids or something at one point so he's been out in game for a little bit but he's two and two in the ufc losses to darren stewart he lost to gerald Mearsharp by submission um for me there's there's value on duran win here uh like plus 200 i think it's actually climbing in phil haas's favor um so i think there's value in duran win here but for me, it's a pass. I, I can't, I'm not betting on Duran win. I just, I, I refuse. Uh, I do think there's value, but, but I'm not touching it. JT, uh, you got any thoughts on this one? Yeah. Duran win is a free grappler, but like, it's, it's not even like it's, it's knockoff DC is a thing is the best way to put it. Cause like he was never the level of wrestler that DC was, he was mid tier, like going for the uh, national team, but he's never national team. And you know, Daniel Cormier was an Olympic team finalist. Like, he's he's legit, legit. Duran Wynn never really made it there. Um, I do think Duran really has the advantage in grappling. And, but also a problem with Duran, he fell in love with his hands, as unfortunately most wrestler, most American wrestlers do. They fall in love with their hands because they wanted to punch things in their entire lives, and then they just do that in the MMA when they have the biggest threat in the world. But whatever. Um I'm only going here win by value just because of the grappling. Uh, I just, yeah, there's Haas. I don't really trust it. And I, if Duran Wynn just come out of nowhere and decided to wrestle him the entire time, he's going to beat the brakes out of Phil Haas. But whether he does that or not, it's up in the air. So I don't want to bet on it. Absolutely. Yeah. It, that's going to be a super, super. He's also five. He's, he's five, five. Yeah. He's tiny. I mean, he's a he's like middleweight and he's tiny. It's insane. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's actually nuts. Um, we got another middleweight fight, though. And Kyle Dawkins and Roman Delize. Kyle Dawkins is a minus 230 favorite. Delize on the other side, plus 185. Dog over two and a half, minus 165. Under two and a half, plus 125. Dawkins is 11 and two overall, two and two in the UFC. He should be three and two. There was that no contest with Kevin Holland. He was beating the shit out of Kevin Holland. Um, but he does have losses to Phil Hawes and Brendan Allen. Um, he has six wins by Darsh Choke. He's the Darsh Choke king. Uh, I think in his last fight, I was like, I bet him by submission. And I was like, it's going to be the Darsh Choke. And he won by Darsh. Um, on the other side, though, Delize, nine and one overall, three and one in the UFC. Not really any big wins. One UFC finish. Um, a lot of finishes in, in pro bouts. For me, this is Kyle Dawkins by submission or I'm passing. Uh, I, I don't have a, a ton of super, super strong feelings on this, but, but for me, it's, it's Kyle Dawkins by sub or, or I'm passing. What are, what are your thoughts here? I'm going to show you so you don't think I'm bullshitting, but I have 
Dacus by it's so like on sure dog they call it the bravo joke yeah it's a dark joke it's the same thing it's, it's a dark i don't know why they switch shit up like that yeah but it's, uh it's same thing. Just... he hasn't hit one in a while and i think he's due here i think he can get one on dola's day but or whatever his name is it's not a real name <laughs> but um i i think he's got one here he's he's unfortunately in the shadow of his older brother uh i think it's older right chris yeah, yeah. is older sure chris is older yeah but um yeah no i think i think darkness by sub i might tease it i i have a problem of like picking the right fights and then just like i get drunk on saturday night and just start betting <laughs> things so we'll see how it goes but uh yeah i i got darkness by sub is like a small you know let's start the the card off right let's see if we can get like kind of better odds here yeah, plus, I just got Dockers by sub. Plus 265 there by decision, plus 150s, minus 240 on the money line. I definitely see some value there, no doubt. Uh, speaking of value or or lack thereof, Cody Stamen, minus 525 versus Eddie Wineland, plus 375. Dog, fight goes the distance, is minus 165. Uh, no, it's plus 125. Cody Stamen is 19-5-1 overall. 5-4-1 and one in the UFC. He's on a three-fight losing streak, but his losses are to Saeed Nurmagomedov, Marab Javali Jimmy Rivera, and Aljamain Sterling. I mean, like, he's lost... All of his UFC losses are extremely legit. He's, he's still a legitimate fighter. On the other side, you have Eddie Wineland. Been around forever. Been in the UFC since 2011. He's 24-15-1 overall. He's lost four of his last five. Um, to me, Stamen is going to be the most the most used parlay stuffer this whole week everybody's going to be on stamen i am also on stamen i locked him in at minus 500 uh in a in a parlay i expect him to be um closer to like minus 750 by the time this closes so i think not necessarily value but for a parlay stuffer i like it i think eddie wineland is just washed and cody stamen's probably going to beat him up it's just a matter of, you know, how he gets it done. If he can finally get that, that finish he's been chasing. Uh, what do you, what do you like in this fight between these guys? I got, I think with the past that Cody Saban has been going through here, I think I, I love him by KO. I don't unfortunately have the odds for that yet, but I think if I'm, if I'm statement, if I'm Cody Stamen going into this, I'm like, all right, like I have faced the who's who's of this division. And now I'm facing Eddie Wineland. Absolutely. Like, I'm knocking this dude out. Like, he, he's kind of fighting for his career here. He's moved down to the prelims, like early prelims, and that's not a good sign for somebody in his career. I think he's been pretty motivated to come up for an, a KO, and that's where I'm going to lead just for value on that one. Uh, if Eddie Wineland wins this fight, I give up everything I know about UFC. I know nothing. I just – ever since I watched him get, like, lightly punched by – sean o'malley and just dropped into the shadow realm i've lost a lot of respect for that man uh so yeah i gotta go cody statement here uh by ko is my value bet for that one and yeah plus 235 on that so um plus 235 that's that's all day Minus 525 in the knockout at plus 235. You'll probably get inside the distance under just plus just under plus 200 if you want it there that number is not out for me yet but let's move on there from that uh, that really juiced odds, the, uh, the favorite, the biggest favorite on the card to a 
featherweight fight between Danny Chavez and Ricardo Hamos. Uh, Danny Chavez plus 250 dog against Ricardo Hamos, who's a minus 325 favorite. Fight goes the distance, minus 200. Fight does not go the distance, plus 165. Chavez, 11-4 overall, 1-1 one one in the UFC with a loss to Jared Gordon, which is – I love Jared Gordon. That's my guy, but that's not a good sign uh, if I'm looking <laughs> to bet on somebody. Three decision losses, one loss by submission. He's won three by knockout. Hamos on the other side, 15-4 and four overall. He's a team alpha male guy, 6-3 and three in the UFC, seven of his professional wins by submission, three by knockout. Uh, he's he's gotten knocked out twice um here's what i think ricardo hamos is minus 325 on the money line he is plus 400 on the submission line for a guy with seven submission wins out of 15 professional wins fighting a guy that's been submitted before i'll take that all day so i'm playing uh ricardo hamos sub here not very big but but plus 400 uh you, you got anything on this one I'm I'm really split on this one. So I got uh, I got Ramos by sub. I like I kind of like him by sub. I think if he's gonna win, that's how that's gonna go. But part of me wants to put the hungry dog on uh, Chavez. I there's something about it where it's like if he if Chavez is able to nullify the takedowns, keep it off of there, I can see him eking out a decision pretty easily. Like I can see him just getting the decision and. Ramos is nullified. And I think there's some pretty good value there with him at what was he plus at? Uh Chavez, you're saying? Yeah. Plus two fifty. Yeah, I think two fifty is not too shabby for him. Um, kind of like a dog of the fight kind of thing, where it's just like I if Ramos can't get to his thing, I think Chavez can win on the feet. So that's where that's kind of where I'm leaning. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I definitely see some value there. Um, if I play that, I'm probably going to play, or if I were to play that, I would probably play it by knockout. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm going Hamos here. Um, the strawweight division was definitely in, um, in the spotlight last weekend with Yanni Yunjacek versus Zhang Weili. And we get another fight of two guys or two girls that are nowhere near that level and Gloria DePaula versus Maria Oliveira. Um, DePaula minus 265 versus Oliveira is a plus 200 dog. Um, again, I don't have a whole lot in this fight. I'm sprinkling Oliveira at plus 200. It's not something I'm super confident in, but she seems like a live dog. Her, her losses are to Tabitha Ritchie and Marina Rodriguez. Like those are fine losses to me. Um, meanwhile, DePaula seems to like not have a lot of great wins or losses. Nobody on her record really. So I feel like there's a shot at Oliveira here for sure. Uh, I know you said that you didn't really have any big leans on this. You got, you got anything at all? Uh, after research, I really just looked at him like, it's a toss-up girl fight. I'll take value on it if I bet on it, but I probably won't bet on it. But if anything, I would go just toss up with the value. Just go, just go hit that plus sign, see what happens. Absolutely. Uh, but let's just move on from that then to a uh, flyweight fight in the women's division. Um, this one I know you, you feel a little bit more passionate about, but Jasmine Jazu Davicius, who is a minus 250 favorite versus Natalia Silva is a plus 200 dog. Fight goes the distance, minus 275. Fight does not go the distance, plus 200. 
Jasmine seven and one overall with a split decision loss to Elise Reed. That kind of throws me off. I don't remember that that fight too well, but Elise Reed is not someone with a uh, you know someone I like my fighters that I'm betting on to lose to. Um, but she is one to know in the UFC with a win over Kay Hansen, which Kay Hansen obviously out of the UFC now, but I would say she's a UFC caliber fighter on the other side silva 12 5 and 1 overall jungle fight champ this is her ufc debut and her last loss is to marina rodriguez so pretty good loss this is just a pass for me um i know you feel a little bit differently jt so so let's hear about it from your end i i'm not gonna embarrass myself and try to remember her name but josh sudovicius i guess i'll try it but i i i I think she's kind of a warrior i i don't know why just looking through her fight record looking through everything she's been through i think she's gonna walk through silva um unfortunately with it i i'm gonna go with her her by uh um what's it called by finish i think i like that gotcha yeah absolutely i think uh i think there is probably definitely some value there i feel like natalia silva is maybe not maybe not the best opponent in the world so i'll be super interested to see how that one plays out personally i'll be watching from the sidelines and i am okay with that <laughs> um but let's move on jeremiah wells versus court mcgee uh jeremiah wells minus 105 versus court mcgee is minus 115 favorite uh fight goes the distance minus 165 nose plus 125 jeremiah wells 10 2 and 1 overall 2 and 1 in the ufc just had a rear naked choke win over blood diamond Four wins by knockout, four by submission. Meanwhile, McGee, 21 and 10 overall. He's been in the UFC since 2010. Fun fact about Court McGee. Tell me if you knew this, but he has a win over Robert Whitaker. I don't know if you knew that. I did not know. But Court McGee has a win over Robert Whitaker. So that's pretty sick. He is on a two-fight win streak. Um, he's gone to decision every single fight since 2016. I don't see Jeremiah Wells being the person to change that, uh, in my opinion. Fight goes the distance, minus 165. Definitely laying some juice there. It's an MMA fight. Anything can happen. But I'm taking fight goes the distance here. Uh, I, I really like it. I don't think Court McGee is finishing anybody, and a lot of people are on him. Um, I know the line has moved from basically even money, um, and, you know, he's minus he's minus 120 now. So I, I think people are on him. So I like fight goes the distance here. You got anything? Um, I really just have Wells on a pick based on his wrestling background. I just like, I know, uh, McGee has some sub finishes and things along those lines, but I just think Wells is pretty good, pretty dominating wrestling. I love, I love wrestlers. Like I just like, I think it's the most important thing in fighting. So if you're the better wrestler, I'll side with you on a pick Fair enough. I mean, I know you're, you're all about those wrestlers. So, uh. Hey, I can't, can't blame you there. I'll be, I'll be super interested to see. I hope Wells wrestles in and I hope they go all three rounds. It's cool for me. Um, but yep. let's move on to a Bantamweight fight between the pride of MMA Twitter, Adrian Yanez, who is a minus 360 favorite against Tony Kelly. And I think this line is moving too. Uh, this line is actually moving a little bit back towards Kelly. So uh, Giannis is only minus 335 now against Tony Kelly, who's plus 255 dog here. Fight goes the distance is plus 120. Fight does not go the distance, minus 155. Adrian Giannis, uh, 15-3 and three overall, 4-0 and in the UFC. No great wins. Split decision win over Davy Grant. Beat Randy Costa. 
Uh, he has three knockouts. Tony Kelly, on the other hand, eight and two overall, two and one in the UFC. He also finished Randy Costa. Uh, he lost to Kai Kamaka the third, who's not even in the UFC anymore, but he's never been knocked out before. I feel like there's some value on him, but I'm actually going to play fight goes the distance here. Um, I think that Tony Kelly has an absolute chin, and I think that Yanez puts people to bed, but I think to to have these small of guys and get plus 120 on fight goes the distance with a guy in Tony Kelly that's never been knocked out. I'll absolutely take that. So uh, I think I'm going to play fight goes the distance here at plus 120. It probably won't be, won't be huge, but, but I like it. Anything here for you? Yep. No. So I have, uh, Giannis is actually my lock of the night for me. Uh, I think he's for sure going to win. Um, am I even going to, I'm going to go against you here. I'm teasing the uh, knockout by Giannis. I think this is either, I think this is his coming out party a little bit. Uh, prelims, you know, I just, I, I just like him. I, I don't, this Kelly guy, he really didn't do anything for me. I haven't seen anything impressive out of him really. And I just, yeah. Uh, Giannis is my, my lock of the night and my KO. I like, I, it, I'm going to bet on a KO. I'm going to put a small amount on a KO for him because I think I'm going to get decent value there. Um, probably not great since he's known for KOs. But then again, Kelly hasn't been knocked out. But it's bound to happen sometime, having to uh, Masvidal. So let's that see. That is true. That is true. Yeah, I don't I don't have a line for not Giannis by knockout yet. But I assume it'll be, you know, even money maybe a little bit in the plus money there. So to get that is on a minus three fifty ish money line, pretty good value, but let's move on. Julian Marquez versus Gregory Robocop Rodriguez. Uh, Julian Marquez plus one fifty five versus Robocop minus one ninety favorite uh, fight goes the distance is plus one thirty five fight does not go the distance minus one seventy five Marquez. He's nine and two overall, three and one in the UFC. He does have a knockout win over Phil Hawes. He has a split decision loss to Alessio De Kiriko. Um, good power, good submission guy. I can't remember his last win. I think it was he like asked out Miley Cyrus on on camera afterwards. Dude's a legend. Um, big disc golf guy. Shout out to my boy PG. Uh, PG sent me a, a DM literally right before we started recording of uh, Julia Marquez playing disc golf and was like my guy and I was like dude I'm already on this guy at plus money join me brother and he's like he's like hell yeah I'm in so shout out PG um but RoboCop on the other side 11 and 4 overall 2 and 1 in the UFC lost to Petrosian uh, interesting decision that was on the Islam Mahachev versus Bobby Green card uh, he's been knocked out twice before that is yeah. kind of the key to me here I feel like there's a lot of value on Julian Marquez plus 155 here Honestly, I considered playing him by knockout. Um, I don't know, but by not, Julian Marquez by knockout plus four hundred. I'm probably gonna just stay away with that from that, not try to call my shot. But I like Marquez here. The number's actually up to plus one sixty three now. Um, so yeah, that's what I like here. You got anything between Marquez and Robocop? Um, I like the Marquez uh, value here. I uh, just like him being plus money. I like that. Um, with him, I just I feel like they, I'm surprised there's not more casual money on him. Where it's just like, oh, isn't this the dude that just like called out Miley Cyrus after a fight and stuff like that? But uh, yeah, no, I I like him. 
I don't think he's ever going to be a title contender or anywhere around there, but I do think he's, he's a Cuban Missile Crisis. Like, that's a sweet name. Absolutely. And he throws bombs. I think he can get a knockout over here over Rodriguez. But if Rodriguez subs him in the first two periods, not surprisingly in the slightest. He has no sub losses so far, I do believe. But I, I know Rodriguez is good. Uh, RoboCop is good on the ground. So that's a danger for him. But I just think the value there for Marquez is too good to pass up. Yeah, I think this is an Good call out by you. All time nickname battle between the Cuban Missile Crisis and RoboCop. So, I'll uh, I'll be super interested to see how this one plays out. But yeah, I think definitely definitely value on Marquez here. Um, let's move on though to a lightweight fight. My fight of the night: Demir Ismagulov minus one sixty five favorite versus Garam Kuta Teladze uh, plus one thirty five dog. There fight goes the distance minus one ninety. No plus 145. These dudes are monsters. If you don't know, now you know. In the wise words of Dana White, make sure you're tuned in for this fight. This is going to be electric. Uh, Demir, 23 and 1. He's on an 18 fight winning streak. 4 0 in the UFC with wins over Joel Alvarez, Tiago Moises, and Rafael Alves. All unanimous decisions, but the dude's a monster. It's been over a year since he fought. But these names are incredible for being only four fights into your UFC career. I mean, come on. But then Garam on the other side, he's 12-2 and two overall uh, on a nine-fight win streak, 1-0 and in the UFC, debut split decision win over Gamrot, which is an unbelievable win. Like, these dudes have ridiculous wins in the UFC. Um, I don't know. I think this goes the distance. I think it's going to be a great fight. I love Garam as a dog here. I think it's going to move uh, in, in favor uh, of him. Like, I think it's going to go closer to even money. I got him at plus 135. We'll see what happens. But I think this is a toss-up fight between two real contenders in the lightweight division. I mean, guys that are legitimately both going to be top 10 guys in the future, in my opinion. And uh, I don't know. I, so I, I think I'm going to go with, uh, with Garam here at plus 135. You like anything? Uh, you like anything here? I, as I was doing research, the only things I read I wrote for this was very interesting matchup. No value really either way outside if you want to go towards the dog there, just because it's so even. Uh, but I I have Ismail Gulov. Um, I I just I think he's. I, I think he's going to win, but like, this is, this is my stay away fight. This is my, I'm going to sit down and watch this as a fan and not root for any outcome and see how these guys are going to do. Like, because uh, at 23 and one, that's a crazy record to come into. Like nobody really gets to that without more multiple losses. He has some amateur fight losses by like sub, but I'm really riding heavy with him. Right. Like I not riding heavy, but I just, I, I believe that, uh, is Magalas gonna win? But I don't believe enough to put money on it. Yeah, that that's absolutely fair. Um, I think this is this is kind of a toss up fight. I I like Garam here, and uh, we'll we'll see what happens. But uh, I I think this is this is my you know story of the night. I guess you could say. I think these dudes are legitimate top ten, top five guys in the future, and I'm absolutely juiced to watch these two go at it and this is why mma is the best sport in the world because this would never happen in boxing ever 
Nope. If these guys were Never. boxers, they would fight guys that are 500 until for the first like 15 fights of their career. And then they would get to the big show and they would fight literally anybody else except for each other until a title fight. Like they, yeah, they would never do this. They would literally like quite literally avoid every competition. Like most of the time, even when they start to to fight in boxing, which is a stupid sport, it is a stupid sport. (laughs) Boxing is stupid. Um, but they would fight even when they fought people above 500 they'd, they'd be like yeah no he's above 500 but it's the best stylistically matchup for me like they would never put themselves in a risk like this and that's why i love this absolutely yeah it's, it's gonna be incredible why mma is the best combat sport in the world all day and every day and speaking of prospects albert Darius, a minus 220 favorite over Joaquin Buckley, who is plus 175 on the money line. Fight goes the distance, plus 165. Fight does not go the distance, minus 220. Uh, Joaquin Buckley, 14 and four overall, five and two in the UFC. He has the greatest knockout in UFC history. I mean, that the spinning kick, the spinning jump kick. If, if you need to look it up, look up Joaquin Buckley knockout. I mean, this thing is absolutely ridiculous. But yeah, he has losses to Alessio DeCurico, Kevin Holland, and he had a loss to Logan Storley, Bellator champ, I want to say now. He's either champ or number one contender, but uh, that dude is a monster. So he had a loss to him back then. Duraev, on the other hand, 15-3 and overall, 1-0 and in the UFC, uh, three pro wins by knockout, nine by submission. He does have three losses by knockout, but for me, uh, Duraev is one of the most legit contenders as they come. Um, unfortunately, I'm not going to play anybody above minus 200 against Joaquin Buckley. Um, I don't, I love to arrive in this fight and I think he's about as, as bad of a matchup as it can get for Buckley, but I'm not playing anybody above minus 200 against Joaquin Buckley because he's just genuinely able to pull something out of a, a mad magician's hat um and then knock you out cold before you even know it's coming so i'm gonna completely pass here i'm so excited for this fight i love both of these guys i'm gonna completely pass i have no strong feelings one way or another i don't think there's value on buckley but i also don't think there's value on derive so what are what are your thoughts on on these two beasts going at it um my only thoughts on this is i think uh derives going to win and i'm just banking on the UFC playing the Joaquin Buckley highlight a bunch throughout this week and casual money going towards him um, is what I'm making. Because, like, if we can get casual money to push Buckley or push Derive down to, like, a minus 150 or even if they somehow reach minus 125, I think that's a great pick. Um, so I, I think he's going to win here. I think Joaquin Buckley uh, – He's very one-dimensional. I think Dry is much more of a well-rounded fighter. So I think he's definitely a better fighter overall. Um, better fighter always doesn't win. Doesn't always win, but that, that's who I know is a better fighter going into this. Uh, so I have to ride with him, but I'm only going to do it if it dips below. I'm waiting on casual money to come on in. Yeah, absolutely. I'll be super interested to see how this line moves. It's already lose, uh, moved a little in, in Derive's favor, actually, uh, towards Derive, but I'll be interested to see, like you said, if, if they replay that Buckley knockout enough for for this uh, this line to come down a little bit, because I agree. Uh, I, w- I would love to get get that value there. 
Moving on from the Albert Derive Joaquin Buckley fight, we have Kevin Holland versus Tim Means. Kevin Holland, a minus 250 favorite. Uh, Means on the other side, a plus 200 dog. The over two and a half is minus 130. Under two and a half is even money. Uh, Kevin Holland, 22 and seven overall, nine and four in the UFC. Uh, but he did have that no contest to Dawkins that I had mentioned earlier in which he was losing. Uh, this is his second fight at welterweight. Uh, his first fight, a win over Cowboy Oliveira, where he looked he looked pretty good. So I'm excited to to see how that goes. Um, he's beat a lot of very very good fighters. He's lost to a lot of very good fighters, but he's fought some some great fighters. He's one of the more active fighters. I mean, the dude fought five times in seven months in 2020. That's absolutely unheard of. Um, on the other side, Tim Means, a real veteran of the UFC as well. 32-12-1 overall. Been in the UFC since 2012. Three-fight win streak always seems to to me to lose that, like, leap fight. So it seems like he he kind of, like, gets up there a little and then fights an opponent that's really good. And then, or not really good even, just good, and then loses. Um, I love Kevin Holland in this fight. I'm all over Kevin Holland. I'm on Kevin Holland money line. I'm on, I don't know how he gets it done, but I'm on Kevin Holland money line and I'm on him in two parlays as well. Um, I love Kevin Holland in this fight. I got him at minus 250. He's already at minus 265. I feel like that's great value. I feel like he's going to keep moving. I can see him easily over minus 300 by the time uh, the fight starts. So that's I, I'm very passionate about this one. I love Kevin Holland. He's my favorite play on, on this card. Um, how do you feel about this one? Yeah, no, I wish people like I wish I could show the video of this so I could prove like, listen, we do our research separately and then we just come together and do this. But like I just have written down for this Holland in every way possible. Um, he I think Tim Means I is a fighter that I love. Like I love watching Tim Means fight. He always fights hard. He always he's always gonna put on a competitive fight, and he he's gritty in every way possible. But um, yeah, I think I think Holland's a level above. I, Holland is one of those dudes that he's super frustrating because he has every he could be John Jones in like different like realms. Like he he he's talented in every way. He needed to work on his wrestling, but he just can't focus enough to like really get his stuff together. But then again, he's so talented. He can beat you in every way possible. He could sub to Means, and it wouldn't be crazy. Like, it, like he he's he's crazy, dude. Um, but yeah, I got Holland here. I'm very excited for this fight. Um, I I've been a I bet against Holland in his last one just because it's just like no, dude. Like I'm tired of you talking. I'm tired of you doing all this shit and just. Like his uh, Tiago Santos fight where he's like talking to Santos and he's just like, dude, if you fought like this every time, you could beat Addy. Like if you did this against Addy, you could beat Addy. Like Addy's on the ground getting his ass beat. It's like, dude, shut up and fight, please. For the love of God, please shut up and fight. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I got to ride with Holland here pretty heavy. Um, I think he's the best fighter. Um, and yeah, Tim Means the ultimate gatekeeper. He's like, if you beat Tim Means, you're good. If you lose to Tim Means, it means you're never going to get there. Yeah. And I clearly the odds makers are pretty split on how Kevin Holland wins this fight as well. Inside the distance, plus 120. By decision, plus 175. So this could really, really go just about any way. But I am all over Kevin Holland here. Uh, let's move on 
Let's talk about a couple of old heads here. Donald Cerrone minus 170 versus Joe Lozon plus 140. Fight goes the distance plus 147. Fight does not go the distance minus 190. Uh, this fight was supposed to happen a couple of months ago. Uh, I believe that it was supposed to happen even before then as well. But this is uh, this is kind of the you know the culmination. It's finally happening. Knock on wood. Um, but Cerrone. He's on a five-fight losing streak. Uh, he's lost to some great guys, but he is on a five-fight losing streak. I will say the Anthony Pettis fight, I think he probably won. Um, but, you know, a loss is a loss. He's 36-16 and 16 overall. He's got almost all of the records in UFC history. Like, the dude is has his name all over the history books. Uh, but to me, he's got absolutely no chin left. Not that Joe Lozon does, uh, but he's been in the UFC since 2011. Uh, it feels like you can just touch this dude and he goes down. Lozon, same thing, other side, 28 and 15 in the UFC since 2007. He's lost four of his last six. Neither guy has a chin. Uh, for me, I, I actually, I, I know we're going to be contrarian on this one. I actually sprinkled Joe Lozon by knockout uh, just because I got that plus 350. I'm like, you know what? I feel like. Cowboy by knockout is plus 185. I don't see a ridiculous amount of value there. Lozon by knockout plus 350. I'm just like, you know what? We're really, it's like the smallest of sprinkles. I'm playing like 0.3 units on it, but like, man, I don't know. I just can't like, that just seems like value against Cowboy's chin here. Um, but I know that Cowboy is your guy. So, and I know you probably think he wins this fight. So I want to hear how you think he gets the job done on Saturday night. Um. I really don't have any, like, I would love to see Cerrone win by knockout. Uh, I think his chin is still decent. Like, he he put up with Anthony Pettis for three rounds hard. He ate a lot of shots. Um, like, he, he ate some shots, and that's Anthony Pettis still. Like, it, it's not the old Anthony Pettis that's jumping off a cage and kicking people in the face. But it's still Anthony Pettis. He still throws absolute wizards of shots. He Anthony Pettis will be 85 in a nursing home and be able to hit harder than Joe Lozon, in my opinion, right now. <laughs> So I, I got to go with uh, Cerrone here, mainly because I think, like, Lozon, in my opinion, is, like, a less popular Donald Cerrone, where it's just, like, Cerrone's a fighter's fighter. That dude just wants to fight. And, like, he's also open about, like, the anxiety he gets, like, coming into fights, like, the one where, like, he was talking about, he was like, no, dude, I have to, like, weigh in. I have to, like, I have to go out there and fight somebody. I think about it all day. All I think about is just this fight that scares the crap out of me. And like he, like I just love, I just love the dude. He's uh, Muay Thai. He has a Muay Thai background. Um, I just think he's going to handle Joe Lozon. I don't think Lozon's really even ready. I don't think he's, I don't think he's ever been ready for Donald Cerrone. So I have to ride with Cerrone here. Um, I, I like Lozon though, just because it, he's, he's another UFC legend though. Like he, dude's been fighting since I was in the fourth grade. Like he's insane. Um, but I got to go with this, and I think Cerrone's going to retire after. Or at least I'm hoping he retires after. I, I hate when fighters continue to fight way past their prime, so I have to ride with uh, Cerrone here. Yeah, I, I hope both of these guys retire, honestly. I don't think this is a uh... – I don't think this is a sport for either of these guys anymore. It w Another thing to note, it'll be super interesting to see Joe Lozon back in action. Um, he didn't want to fight at the apex. He said it to Ariel Helwani a little while back uh, that he did not want to fight at the apex. So he hasn't fought in forever. He hasn't fought since October of 
2019 um, on the Dominic Reyes versus Chris Weidman card. So it's been, it's been a long time uh, since, since this dude has fought. So it'll be super interesting to see him back in action Saturday night. And that was the co-main event of the evening. Moving on from the Donald Cerrone Joe Lozon fight to the main event of the evening, Calvin Cater is a minus 240 favorite versus Josh Emmett, who is a plus 195 dog in this fight. Fight goes the distance, minus 125. Fight does not go the distance, minus 102. Uh, Calvin Cater, 23 and 5 overall, 7 and 3 in the UFC. His losses are to Hinato Moicano, to beat Magomed Sharipov and Max Holloway. I uh, love this dude, JT. I don't know if you knew this or not, but I hit a plus 4,400 parlay on the Calvin Cater Giga Chikadze card. Uh, seven fight parlay with Calvin Cater tapping it off for the night. So just absolutely love this dude, clearly. Dude. Um, I think I put like five bucks on it, one, two, 20, but, but hey, whatever. Uh, Josh Emmett, on the other hand, though, 17 and two overall, eight and two in the UFC. Knocked out by uh, Jeremy Stevens. He does have nasty power, just absolutely raw power. Um, but I, I feel like Calvin Cater has the chin. I like Calvin Cater here. I don't see crazy value. I only have him in a parlay with with Kevin Holland. Um, but JT, before I kick this to you, I want to give you two quick fun facts about this fight, I guess, in, in, in general. Um, Aaron Bronster reported on Twitter today, in the last three years, only one uh, current top 10 featherweight uh, has been finished inside the distance and it was Korean zombie against Alexander Volkanovsky uh, just, just recently there. But, you know, looking at this top 10, I mean, Max Holloway, Volkanovsky, Ortega, Kelvin Cater, Yair Rodriguez, uh, Arnold Allen, Korean zombie, Josh Emmett, like, I mean, Bryce Mitchell, like these dudes all have just rock solid chins so it's crazy like these guys all have so much power it feels like but but rock solid chins fight goes the distance minus 125 maybe there's some value there and then the other thing i want to bring your attention to since being in the ufc calvin cater is the definition of a pattern fighter uh two fights win streak to start out the ufc in his ufc career then lost then two fight win streak then lost and then a two fight win streak and then lost, and then now he's on a one-fight win streak. So he's due. He's due to win this fight if the pattern continues. Um, so I, I personally just think all around he gets the nod over Josh Emmett on Saturday night. Um, like I said, I'm only playing him in a parlay. I don't feel confident enough to play him uh, just straight money line. So, yeah, I, I like him here. Uh, what do you think of this main event? Um, yeah, no, I, I'm definitely siding with you here with Cater. Uh, when I look at his past five fights, you have Giga Chizetsky, uh, who was a, he's a savage, still is a savage, has finished multiple people with the Giga kick, and it was really, really scary at the time. Nobody predicted, like, that wasn't a heavy pick to pick Calvin Cater over Giga. Um, then you have Max Holloway, Dan Ige, Jeremy Stevens, and Zabit Magomed-Sherry-Pog, who has disappeared off the face of the planet and we don't know where Zabit is. We haven't been able to find his beat since literally since COVID has started, he might be dead. Yes. But I I gotta ride with Cater here. Cater's a savage. Um he's not gonna get knocked out by Josh Emmett. That's my one bold prediction for this. Josh Emmett's not knocking him out. And I think that's how the only way Josh Emmett could win this one. Uh Cater has this rock solid chin, and I think the prediction, the pattern is going to stay the same. Uh, Cater by decision is basically where I'm at with this one. I think he's just going to 
He's going to just beat him. Uh, if you were to TKO him, wouldn't be surprised, but it, that's that's where I think the, so, the solid money is at. I like it. I mean, Calvin Cater by decision, plus 130 here. So I think there there is some solid solid value there. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's UFC Austin. Um, I mean, we've we've set our plays. We'll have our official plays out on Twitter uh, later this week. Um, but as always, we're going to give out our long shot parlay of the week. I mean, I had some some good good plays or good picks last week. My plays were mad, but some really good picks last week. Um, my Darnell Mooney jersey parlay, as you guys know, that's what I'm chasing. Um, went two of four last week. Now, I think Jacob Malkoon won that fight, so it should have been three of four, but, you know, almost only counts in uh, horseshoes and hand grenades, so, you know, it, it doesn't doesn't really matter too much, but this week, this is our winner. Hear me out, JT. Ricardo Hamos by sub, plus 400. Uh, Oliveira Moneyline, Maria Oliveira Moneyline, and Julian Marquez Moneyline, $5 to win $186. I mean... That should be even money. That's smacking. I don't see how how that loses. That's yeah. No, I I see. Like I I agree with you, and that's tough. But like, and like it is. It's good money. My my first part of my long long shot parlay happens to run right into yours, where I got Chavez just at the value money right there. I unfortunately do not have the uh, odds. For one of mine, but uh, I got Rama or I got Chavez straight up, and then I got Juzadavikias, uh, um, women's fight by finish, and then I uh, move on down to um, Cerrone by KO. Absolutely. I don't. What what does five dollars give me with that one? That pays five to win three hundred and sixty nine dollars. So I mean, hey, I could probably buy a couple jerseys with that. <laughs> After shipping absolutely. and handling, who knows? Absolutely, man. Yeah, I mean, those are those are absolutely smacking. So yeah, we'll have our full card out on Twitter as always. We've got an absolutely loaded card in Austin this week. Um, check it out. I, I feel like this is honestly on paper up there with that uh with most of the fights on on last week's pay-per-view but obviously we saw how that performed but but man i'm, I'm juiced for this card we got a lot of good fight nights coming up um a lot of good pay-per-views july has two monster pay-per-views august has a monster pay-per-view some phenomenal fight nights coming up i'm juiced we're gonna have plays for for all these we're uh i'm thinking this week uh, we'll probably tweet out our, our picks and our plays. I want to start like kind of tracking both of our picks and plays a little bit better um, just so we can uh, get that trans transparency going with you guys. But anyways, as always, uh, appreciate you guys listening. Um, great card this week. Check it out. JT, any, uh, any last thoughts before we, we close it out? Uh, Donald Cerrone, please retire after this fight. <laughs> That's all. Awesome. Well, we'll end it on that. Uh, We'll talk to you guys next week. Peace.